What's going on guys? This is your host Samir back again with another episode and this time with video of the three second tap and today I'll be reviewing Raw that happened on Monday the March 22nd which is today and I know I might look pretty tired and that's honestly simply because it is literally like what 11.30 now and yeah your boy just didn't get sleep last night because I was just watching Fastlane and Fastlane was amazing honestly speaking. You know if you guys haven't heard my uh, I think it was a 10th episode. Yeah, that's yeah yesterday's was 10th was the 10th episode that one I did indicate how that one was probably one of the most I guess aggressive and best pay-per-views that I've seen so far This year even though that's not really saying a lot because this is technically the last pay-per-view of the WWE year because WrestleMania is more so their um, Like their new year kind of thing, but I'm talking about you know January So starting from January and on this was definitely a great that was definitely a great pay-per-view to see But anyways moving on to raw this show was pretty interesting honestly speaking um, I, I, I wasn't really expecting it to be as great as it, as it was um, Today because I was more so looking forward to Smackdown which I, I Still agree with because Smackdown has some great great uh, you know storylines going on right now they have some good rivalries in and honestly speaking I'm just so excited for Friday mind you I do 100% respect NXT and I can't wait to see NXT but there, there's, there's always something about pay-per-views that make you even more excited to see the actual show itself rather than just only seeing the show and not seeing the pay-per-view and then still kind of having that con consistency of liking that show uh, basically what i'm saying is nxt takeovers they happen every so often and i'm and i'm pretty sure they happen usually before um or along with any major uh pay-per-view so for example like royal rumble there's that there's wrestlemania of course elimination chamber but anyways wow yeah so today started off with sheamus versus bobby lashley and man i i like I, at first it was announced uh earlier uh, I think a couple hours prior to Raw actually airing that they had a couple match cards that were ready and off the bat when I when I saw the post like it was stacked I'm 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 trying I'm trying to figure it out here on my phone but yeah it was it was it was just stacked I was so surprised I was like okay well I I was honestly expecting how Raw usually does it where they kind of start off with a couple promos and then they do like a match and then they do like a promo and then like a segment and then like a backstage segment and then do they do another match but over here they had more matches more so than promos which I was really happy to see the previous weeks prior to Fastlane all of Raw has consisted of just promos after promo after promo and then we saw like maybe one or probably three matches we saw up to that um, um, th that show which you know wasn't really as amusing to me as much as I love the promos and you know the different things that everybody has to say I 100% love to see the matches going on because again it just adds on to the storyline that match off the bat I would definitely give that match if it wasn't interrupted by the hurt business I would definitely give that match a like a good 7.5 out of 10 that was honestly it definitely could have been a WrestleMania caliber match 100% I definitely stand by that and I do feel like it might turn into a triple threat situation where it's going to be Lashley versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre simply because Sheamus did prove himself worthy of actually going after that title you know jumping back a couple weeks prior to Raw where uh, I think it was a Raw before Elimination Chamber he did he did technically beat Drew McIntyre even though it was a gauntlet match he still beat him in, in technical terms I feel, I feel like he he proved himself there but um, moving from that uh, Bro, the back and forths going on in that match. It's like at, at at one point you you couldn't really predict who was going to win this match. 
you know it was like like at first i'm over here thinking okay it's definitely 100 percent gonna be lashley that's gonna win this match because he's the almighty you know but sheamus as per usual he's always proven himself as the guy that can actually you know prove you wrong and i mean you you, you can't you can't really say anything wrong about that because he has been um wwe champion before i, th I think he's a four-time wwe champ and he's definitely deemed himself far worthy than you know most of the guys that are going after the title right now but obviously with drew mcintyre this guy getting a huge push which is which i know for a fact a lot of people like to see i actually like to see myself as well especially this match that's being promoted with um uh with drew mcintyre and bobby lashley but i'm just saying it is going to definitely or you know what 70 70 percent of me is agreeing with a triple threat going on predicting that's going to happen um, I know for a fact the build up towards WrestleMania is gonna do that. I know I know there's like three weeks left till WrestleMania, which again I'm just so excited to see WrestleMania what goes down. Especially since we're gonna have a live crowd. I'm gonna keep mentioning that. I, I just can't wait to see a live crowd. I hope that they have proper uh, distancing measures, you know, they have some kind of way to, you know, social distance everybody there and keep them safe at the same time. I'm honestly thinking that they're probably um investing in having like dividers with the different um sections so for example if like if like a couple buys a ticket uh buys tickets so it's like two of them they have their own row and then like there's like a divider here and divider there on, on each side and then the next person there if that's the case maybe that would do something but again i, I feel like the social distancing just has to happen regardless of what they do uh, but anyways drew mcintyre he came after the match um and i feel like it was a two on like a two-in-one situation, whereas Drew McIntyre came out because he, one, wanted to save Sheamus from the attack that the Hurt Business was doing um, on behalf of Lashley, even after Lashley won the match. Um, and Lashley did indicate he didn't want their help, but still after the match, they still felt the need to uh, attack Sheamus. So um, that's why I feel like Drew McIntyre came out just to save Sheamus, even though they had their like you know dispute. I feel like Drew McIntyre still has that respect for Sheamus. Like, okay, he's he's not gonna just let him get his ass kicked for whatever reason. So he he, he went after uh, the Hurt Business as well. And the second reason I feel like he also went out there was simply just to send that message to um, to Bobby Lashley that yo, like I'm I'm one, I'm not scared of you, and your man's don't scare me. So just bring it on at WrestleMania. So that's what I'm thinking. And again, I do indefinitely think that there's going to be a triple threat reason or situation going down. Moving on from that, which is the second match, which was Asuka versus Peyton, uh, Peyton Royce. Honestly, even though this has nothing to do with the match itself, I feel like Peyton needs to go back to her old theme music. Simply because, one, I liked it a lot better. And two, it like her new music doesn't really suit her current persona. Um, because she's still she's still not at that caliber where you know you think like, oh, Peyton Royce is in a match, Yo, this is going to be great. She is a good wrestler, but she doesn't seem like someone that you're going to uh, predict to win regardless of who Peyton Royce goes up against, you're always going to assume that the person she's facing is going to win. Unless, of course, it's like Billy Kay. In my opinion, she's far better than Billy Kay. But, you know, if she's going up to against someone with like Asuka, who not only is the Raw Women's champs, the Champion, she is also just an amazing, like, all-out uh, athlete and wrestler uh, itself. And she's done far more than Peyton Royce. So... I don't know. Did this match? I was really hoping for you know something good to happen. I was, I was a part of me was thinking, however, that she, like Peyton Royce has been talking so much about you know stepping up and becoming the face of the women's um, division and etc. So I was over here thinking, you know what? Maybe she could actually you know 
surprise everybody and become the champion and just completely change the whole momentum about the women's um, raw division or at least on the raw side of it for WrestleMania. You know, it's like uh, whoever's gonna go after Oscar at WrestleMania if she does have a match, which it did end up being an announced that she doesn't have a match with Rhea Ripley. But uh, anyways, like if she did, if Peyton Royce did win the title, it's like whoa. <laughs> Now, that whole ranking system of everybody that's technically in line to face Asuka at uh, WrestleMania, that just gets shifted in, in, in multiple ways that it's just going to be so confusing for people. And especially the fact that it's, it's Peyton Royce. Like, who would have thought Peyton Royce was going to become the women's champion? Um, and on top of that, beating Asuka to become that Raw women's champion. So, but anyways, uh, the match itself, I did like it i was actually impressed with this match itself like peyton royce was showing fight but i feel like um peyton royce you know she she definitely is in this kind of um fighting style or i i, I guess i guess like a coming of age story with herself where you know at, at first she was just some joke in the industry in the, in the women's division like no offense whatsoever that's that's mo how most people saw it as where she was a joke. Me personally, I didn't really think she was a joke because I actually liked her, um, you know, past uh, like gimmick or whatever. But now I feel like she's showing that she's overcoming how she previously was and she's becoming stronger and better than she was ever before. So I feel like that's what's what's going down at the moment with her little, you know, with her talks and then her matches uh, going forward as well. So obviously after the match ended. Uh, it was Rhea Ripley. She came out and she challenged Asuka, and Asuka accepted it. I feel like that match was just, like I said before, a way of showing that Peyton Royce is improving a lot more than she was before. The match, I would give that match like a good 6 out of 10, or even a 7 out of 10. After WrestleMania, it's just going to be like, there's going to be some focus on Peyton Royce and how she's going to develop as a, as a superstar, and she's going to actually get on that road to becoming a champion. Now, whether that be the Raw Women's Champ or the SmackDown Women's Champ, I wouldn't be surprised if she got shifted um, to to the to SmackDown Women's Division, and again, I don't see her beating Sasha Banks, especially with the uh, you know the the skill difference and just how one is completely dominant than the other. But that's me saying that right now. But I feel like as we continue to see her development, then we'll be like, okay, you know what? She's definitely ready or uh, at that at that level of where Sasha Banks and Asuka uh, are. And so she can definitely, uh, you know, become a champ there. So that's that's what I'm hoping to see, and I and I, and I really really hope to see some focus on Peyton Royce after WrestleMania, at the very least. If not before, then it definitely has to be after WrestleMania. And I don't care how long it takes for her to become the champ within the year, well, within the new WWE year, but I just want to see it happen, really, like realistically speaking, before. Let's say SummerSlam. I would say that maybe she gets an opportunity at SummerSlam and she actually wins at SummerSlam. That's what I'm thinking. But moving on from the match was like a, like this like mini promo with The Miz. It was prior to his match with uh, Jeff Hardy. And um, this new single that they both have, what is it called? Like the Hop Hop uh, something something. I can't remember. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, actually, no, not really. I'm capping. Like, I'm not really looking forward forward to it. But you know, it's always great to see these superstars putting out music and stuff. Um, especially the Miz, how he's like the must-see guy, and um, you know, whatever about the company. So, that's uh, that that's gonna be interesting to see. But um, I don't know. I mean, 
when when it, when it comes to the promos with the Miz and Morrison, I feel like Morrison is just there to help promote the idea of the Miz even more than he already is being promoted in the company. I really really want something to happen with Morrison himself. Moving away from the Miz, I could I can go on and on about the, the Miz, uh, about what happened um, in this interview or, or sorry this promo, but I'm thinking about Morrison. I feel like he needs to go into the, like that solo situation. Where he starts getting some singles matches and he starts, you know, building up his ranks and, and to get to either one of the title pictures or just becoming that superstar that is like a solidified superstar that everybody can just get excited about seeing in a match. Because we haven't really seen him in a proper match since his qualifying match uh, a couple weeks prior to Elimination Chamber. I want to see Morrison go single to go single and forget about the whole thing with the Miz, like. They can have their their promos and stuff, like I'm I'm fine with that. But I want to see like at the same time in the shows, him having matches. But that's that's what I want to focus on, especially since like what was what was the reason of getting the Miz back into the company? If like he's just there to kind of be the he's he's the J O he's the J Uso to uh, the Miz's Roman Reigns. That that's 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 what I'm feeling. Even though that's like a very very broad or controversial comparison, but. I, I still think that it could it, it, it could be a lot better done or a lot better portrayed for them for them for Morrison but anyways moving from that um, it started off with a match with the Miz and Jeff Hardy they went on um, the match itself I didn't really have much to say about it simply because it was a great match to see honestly speaking it it uh, it wasn't a match where it reminded you of like the older WWE uh, because the Miz and Jeff Hardy had their fair share of matches you know way back when um, but, you know, the, the match itself, I would definitely give this match a good 7 out of 10. I honestly thought that Jeff Hardy had this one because he just, he just, he, even though the Miz came on, came out on top, Jeff Hardy was more dominant in the match, both offensively and, offensively and defensively. Even though the Miz is the most opportunistic one, Jeff Hardy still was the more dominant in both factors. But Jeff Hardy lost, which is, is you know, it's, it's fine. Um, but it was a fair win at least. You know, at least uh, Morrison didn't get involved. But what happened after that was Bad Bunny. He just he, like I wasn't even expecting this. I thought I honestly thought that Bad Bunny would get back at the Miz for you know hitting him with the with the guitar um, like sometime. But I, I honestly was not expecting it to happen right after the match. So that was actually a surprise to me. I did I wasn't even able to think of that. But you know he came in with the guitar and the Miz just got he got bonked like this guy this guy this guy. He was aired like you can tell like that guitar just took it out of his back i don't know what it was but he you know bad bunny went to the ring uh sorry to the ramp and he said i accept that was aggressive from uh bad bunny to see i haven't seen this guy uh, i don't think anybody's seen bad bunny really mad unless he's acting mad in one of his like music videos that's that's that but i don't know i'm, I'm liking this side of bad bunny where he's actually starting to get physical and things because you know, when he first started out, he was being piggybacked by Damien Priest. Um, that's why he won the 24-7 title against R-Truth. I don't really have high hopes for it because uh, we haven't really seen much of Bad Bunny's actual physical ability to wrestle in a match. Plus, seeing as how he was handled by... I think it was Elias. Like this guy's just so easy to lift up, and obviously it's easy to tell. Like he's not a heavy guy. He's not you know muscular. He's not, you know, he's not even like Samoa Joe big or whatever like that. But he, I don't know. I, I feel like he could be like that underdog where, um, like for example, uh, Dominic. 
Dominic doesn't seem like, you know, Vince's typical guy, you know, muscular, big, tall. Um, but, you know, Dominic is still doing great in matches too. Like he's, he's, he's getting his technicalities out there. He's getting his chain wrestling out there. He's actually getting some proper, you know, takedowns, his submissions there, his, uh, you know, suplexes, you know, whatever the thing is, like lifting and everything like that. Like Dominic is getting out there with that. And I feel like Bad Bunny is that, you know, comparison to it, like this, the reciprocate to um to dominic so i i don't like again i don't really have high hopes for this match going down but i do honestly think that this match could 100 percent 100 percent be be something that would just shock people because the reason i'm saying that is with the push that bad bunny is getting i feel like at wrestlemania we're all going to be like surprised like yo did bad bunny really just defeat the miz even though the bad bunny like literally started in this company like a good two months ago and now he beat the guy that has been in the WWE since like the the rated PG-13 era. With that match itself, I'm really thinking that Bad Bunny is going to probably disappoint everybody. And, you know, The Miz is going to get defeated by him. And it's just going to set a whole, whole different like road for Bad Bunny where it's like this guy beat The Miz who has far more experience than Bad Bunny. I Again, I, I don't know what's going to go down in that match, and I'm excited to see what goes down. I'm also kind of skeptical to the idea of Bad Bunny actually getting involved in the match, if that makes sense, because, like like I said before, we haven't seen him really do anything um, physically, or, or at least to the extent where you can you can actually see or, or say that he can fight. So I, I don't know if he's actually going to fight. Maybe Damian Priest is going to get involved, and then, you know, psh, who oh, no, Shane McMahon comes out and he's like, you know what, let's make this a tag situation. The Miz and John Morrison versus Damien Priest and Bad Bunny. And then boom, that's just that's just what it is. So, so anyways, moving from that was the next match. And like I said, I'm happy with these consecutive matches going down. And this one was AJ Styles versus Kofi Kingston, which was, I think, earlier announced. Um, it was also announced on the WWE Instagram uh, about the match card prior to Raw airing. And uh, AJ Styles obviously has his um, colossal, um, you know, guy, uh, Amos or Amos. I, I honestly forget how people say it, but I, I say Amos. Um, but th this this match, I honestly thought that it was going to be turned into another tag match where, you know, Amos is there. He's probably getting get, he's probably going to get involved in the match and, you know, it just turns into a tag match unofficially but thankfully it didn't it actually did uh stay within the um you know the boundaries or the limits of an actual singles match whereas like they have like their respective ringside managers per se so uh, i was surprised the moss didn't really get involved in the match uh with the legal people um and same thing with um you know xavier woods i was expecting for Xavier was to do some kind of distraction to her AJ Styles and give Kofi Kingston more of an advantage towards him and he can actually get the match. But then again, it's like, how is Xavier Woods going to do that when he has, you know, this freaking giant that's going to just shadow him and, you know, probably kick his ass if he tries distracting AJ Styles. So that didn't go down. But it, 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 did, it did try a couple times where Kofi, Kofi Kingston was ringside. And Xavier Woods would try to come to him and help him, but then Omos would just, like, uh, get in the way of him and not let him do that. So... Technically, Omos is like he, he is kind of unfair, but in, in this match, it showed that he's not really in favor of cheating, really. He's actually here for just a fair match because you didn't really see 
Amos try and get at Kofi Kingston or whatever, um, he is intimidating. If Kofi Kingston gets intimidated by him, that's not Amos's fault. That's you know Kofi Kingston's. But Amos was kind of like you know the uh, another ringside enforcer where right? he was just trying to make sure everything was fair, everything was good, nothing you know illegal was gonna happen, not, no unfairness was gonna go down. So that was uh, that was pleasant to see. But the match itself was a, it was honestly a really good match to see, even though. Um, you know these you know different distractions went down with uh, uh xavier woods and you know the the camera cuts to them instead of Aja styles and uh, kofi kingston but i feel like this is going to be one of those things where it's like a lead on to the tag team match that's going to happen in the the pay-per-view so you know one one person from each team they go off in a singles match and then at the next show the other uh, two from yeah, each team are gonna go on in a singles match and then at Wrestlemania it's like everyone uh, at once and then we see how it goes down so it's kind of like a tally thing so if you like this show Kofi Kingston took the dub next show it's going to be maybe Omos versus Xavier Woods who knows um, we're still yet to see that in-ring debut by Omos um, but I feel like WWE is still going to push that in-ring debut to WrestleMania and just leave it as him just being there as, you know, AJ Styles bodyguard still. But I'm, honestly speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Omos's, uh in-ring debut is going to be like. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to botch. That's, that's the thing I'm kind of thinking about a lot. I feel like he's going to botch a lot because um, obviously everyone's thinking... Amos probably has a lot of wrestling experience. Who knows? I don't know if he has any wrestling experience. I don't know if he's done anything in the indies. I don't know if he's actually participated in NXT or like the I guess the backstage NXT where uh, like the WWE Performance Center for uh, per se. But um, I don't know. I mean, if he has a guy like AJ Styles mentoring him and you know training him, then I don't see him messing up really. But again, anything is possible. Botches can happen, especially with tall men. Usually, when it comes to tall superstars. Uh, these giants they are more so likely to botch than just you know an average heighted uh, superstar mind you about even the uh, like high flyers high flyers they do have their fair share of botches but not nearly as much as giants usually do because again they're one slower they're you know two um, the things around them aren't up to their you know height standards per se you know like the ring a muskets in the ring like this guy's hips are above the or it looks like his hips are above the third rope but obviously that's just so unrealistic and whatever but Omos's in-ring debut is probably gonna be full of botches but I'm hoping that stuff doesn't happen I hope it actually stays up to that you know uh, that WrestleMania caliber match especially since it's after the titles and if Omos does good seeing Ada Styles and Omos as tag champs nobody probably nobody saw this coming like again, I when when I first saw Omos got introduced by AJ Styles, and I'm like, yo, who the hell is this guy? And why is AJ Styles just bringing some random, you know, giant um, as his, you know, bodyguard? But uh, never would I have thought uh, that it would have actually came into like a tag team situation. I would have uh, like what I was thinking prior was, uh, you know, AJ Styles was probably gonna drop Omos, um, maybe closer to WrestleMania or even closer to Elimination Chamber, but it, that didn't happen. So. Um, I still wasn't even seeing this thing go down with uh, this, this tag situation. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what goes down. 
Um, but again, the match versus uh, AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston, I would definitely give that match a good eight out of ten. It was a great match to see, um, barring all the different you know camera cuts to Amos and Xavier Woods. Um, but anyways, moving from that, the next match, which was Drew McIntyre versus, uh, I think it was a hurt, yeah, it was a hurt misses in a two-on-one handicap match. And off the bat, I I, I knew the Drew McIntyre was gonna win the match simply because it's like their push or their image of Drew McIntyre being someone that doesn't need two people to you know hold him down or whatever um and this match did get announced later on simply because of him attacking both shelton benjamin and cedric alexander um as they were attacking sheamus um so that's how the match got uh um official uh, so that's how the match got uh made official and uh as i went down the match itself uh, before I even continue about the review on that match, it's the, the the match the match was definitely a good you know eight out of ten. It was good to see another two on one handicap match. Like it's been a minute since I've seen a two on one handicap match, um, if anything live, right? So uh, that, that that was good to see there, um, especially with how dominant Drew McIntyre looks. Like this guy, he would get Irish whipped to the rope after I mean to the turnbuckles after being just demolished by Shelton Benjamin, and he just he just has some kind of fire in him that just lights up and he just you know hits him with a neat clothesline and he's just down you know what i mean so that was like 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 his image is just showing how dominant this guy is and it's just hard to keep him down in any kind of situation you know you, you can put him in a gauntlet match the man survived you know until the very last guy who was sheamus that just that took him down like he survived all those people he survived what was it? i think it's i think it's four people and then the fifth one was sheamus that you know took him down but over here it's a two-on-one handicap match and he still beat them and it was a nice win as well um and his claymores like i said yesterday after fasting like he's like his claymores are actually looking like they're they're proper claymores like they're like the claymores were being botched so much prior to uh fast lane like after a, a little bit before elimination chamber and then the raws leading up to fast lane the claimers have been botched like so much and everybody's everybody's seen it everybody was talking about it but now the claimers are connecting they're doing well they actually look so clean like the claimers are beautiful i don't know how much i can emphasize that like they're just beautiful to see but you know anyways moving from that match uh, again i didn't really have too much to say about it uh, it was just another like instant classic in my opinion i'm definitely gonna go rewatch that match on the on network or even or either on sportsnet um but anyways moving from that match was the next one which was another tag match it was mandy rose and dana brooke versus nia jackson shana baszler and um i don't think this was for the tag team titles but it was definitely a kind of qualifier to see if they're at that level to at least be in the running for the title technically they are in the running but i mean like you know getting closer to that number one spot so uh, or number one contendership spot uh but anyways the match itself was a great match to see it was an 8 out of 10 in my opinion mandy rose and dana brooke are looking very well as a tag team i'm telling you and dana brooke like she's she's really gotten her act together like before if she was she, she used to job a lot really before and like now she's actually showing like that dominant dana brooke that she portrays herself as you know before she used to portray herself as like this dominant you know uh superstar and now uh, and, and you know back then it was like you know she's not really doing much like she would she would take more l's and she would take dubs and now even though she did take a dub in this um in this tag match she's still showing her actual dominance and everybody perceived 
uh, or everybody should perceive her as. And uh, I'm, I'm really liking her new look. I'm really liking her new, um, you know, focus and her new determination to this thing, especially coming out of the, you know, Titus Worldwide, um, you know, little thing that they had a couple years ago. But I'm really liking this new look, and I'm definitely liking Daniel Brooks' uh, uh, new style and stuff. But as I've mentioned before, Shayna Baszler's uh, like overall character and her just you know her her fighting style. I love her fighting style. Like she's she's doing great. Her moveset is amazing to see. I'm honestly that spot. Her, her moveset is probably one of my favorite uh, movesets, at least on the women's side of things, because it's just it's just like. I don't know. I don't know how to properly explain it, but it's just like it's there. You know that it might not make sense, but that's the best I can say. It's there. Um, you can just see how like significant her move set it is, and and how how well she can you know really do things with it. But you know, besides besides that fact, um, realistically speaking, I mean, with this with this whole with this whole situation and this in this tag team division on the on the women's side. Um, although there's not really a much tag teams um, to go against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, but I do feel like Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are probably going to become that number one contendership. I mean, Fastlane, it was just like odd team with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, and that didn't work work out so well. But I definitely feel like Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke should, at the very least, get a number one contendership opportunity and i feel like they could win that or they just straight up get a tag title match at wrestlemania i would not be upset about that whatsoever like before the breakup of uh peyton royce and billy Kay, i was expecting for them to get into that running and actually get pushed to uh contend for it but obviously with the whole you know fallout and whatever that that was impossible but now Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, they're definitely looking very, very solid to actually becoming a proper tag team, um, uh, a tag team, right? So uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that as well, and I really hope that either the Raw before WrestleMania it gets announced, like okay, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, I would be happy to see that. Definitely would love to see that, and honestly, just hoping to see that uh but anyways moving on from that was uh another promo by Sh uh, shane mcmahon i wasn't really able to see too much of this simply because um you know i had i had other factors to uh worry about but yeah like real life things but um i i did hear some pretty good things about this i would go back and replay it but i wanted to just get this thing done as soon as possible um but you know get, get it out there for you guys but Anyways, um, going from that, it ended up leading on to Braun Strowman uh, versus I think it was I think it was another like two on uh, two on one uh, tag situation. Except I think this was a tornado tag, so it was Elias and Jackson Riker. And off the bat again, I knew for a fact Braun Strowman was gonna win because Elias and Jackson Riker, although that they are good, they you know they're just they're just over here. But I'll already off. Already off the bat, already off the bat, I thought that Braun Strowman was definitely gonna win this match simply because you know Elias and Jackson Riker, they're just their their chemistry together as like a team. Man, it is it is, it is horrifying to see like these these guys um, like individually they're good they're good wrestlers. Jackson Riker, I wouldn't really say so much about him at the moment because I still need to see a little bit more souls from him. But Elias has proven himself before in the past. But you know he's he's obviously just been taking consistent L's and he's like that, he he's he's like another one of those uh, collateral damage superstars at the moment where you know in order to promote uh, somebody's uh, character or their current you know um, 
style or look um, he's the one that they fight and then defeat and then they look uh, the other person looks more powerful than they were before right so that's what I'm thinking but um, even in the match I just love to see Braun Strowman's train man like this guy he does a little finger wag and then he goes around and just trucks him his trucks I'm honestly probably gonna make a compilation of Braun Strowman's trucks like this guy is just he's oh my gosh this guy's a beast and um, but anyways, I don't want to say too much about the match. I want to talk about what happened after the match. So the match itself, I would give it a good, you know, seven out of, 6 out of 10. Because, um, again, it's just like another obliteration of these two people that are just definitely going to get brutalized by Braun Strowman. But after the match, Shane McMahon, uh, you know, just skipping forward. Shane McMahon, he accepts. And the thing about Shane, uh, about Shane McMahon is that this guy is just digging his grave, like, so deep. Um, especially with the fact that, you know, he's over here calling Braun Strowman, uh, stupid. And I, I know, I know that's how, like, this whole thing kind of escalated even more. And did, it did really start that way where, you know, he's calling Braun Strowman like this, another voice crack. He's calling Braun Strowman this, like, big, um, stupid idiot. You know, he's, he's just, he's just muscles with no brain. Um, so again, that's making me think like, yo, this guy, uh, he's just digging his, he's just digging his grave. But going on from that, he did accept it and he's like... You know what? I, I, can, I, can, I can beat you in any match, in any match you do, because you were just stupid. You know, just plain stupid. And man, I don't think it's smart saying that to Braun Strowman. Um, especially since Braun Strowman, I don't know how he made this possible, but this guy got stronger and more buffer than he already was when he first started out on the company. Like now, Braun Strowman really made himself like this sculpted giant like this guy this guy really like did some good work on his body and like it's, it's good to see like his workout like I, I need to get on that workout plan like goodness gracious that was it, it's, a, it's a really good it's a really good look for Braun Strowman um and again if he if he becomes champion I would love that's the main thing I really want to see Braun Strowman become the champ like if he's if he becomes the face of the company whether it's on the universal uh, title side or if it's on the WWE championship side regardless I need to see him as one of the faces of the company especially because he has that look okay he has the the technique the fighting style the character and even the, the the fan base to back him on this like he has all that all he needs now is just a freaking championship and for all i care give him the u.s title then you know what like whatever but i really want to see him as like the main main champ right now um because this guy, he's like Braun Strowman is promising. Like even like even though this is like an unbiased opinion of mine, he is definitely one of my favorites. But with my unbiased opinion, he definitely deserves to get that you know title, or at the very least, like just more of this push to you know become you know the the main guy of the company or whatever. I or at the very or at the very least, alongside Roman Reigns. Um, but anyways, moving on from that was uh, I think it was a final um, segment slash promo of the night which was Randy Orton and The Fiend uh, or he was summoning The Fiend and honestly speaking I wasn't I wasn't too sure how this one was would go down uh, I was assuming it was probably gonna go down how it went before where you know he would light him on fire and um, you know put him away and that that's what he did indicate um, well, you know, when he entered, he got the mic, and he's like, you know what, this is this is this is where it ends. This is it ends now. Alexa Bliss, the fiend, it ends now. And right after he said that, boom, Alexa Bliss's music hits. She's coming out, and um, you know, you see, oh, you see this guy, this guy, uh, the fiend. He he's in the ring, 
and uh, Randy Orton, he did seem phased by it, but he wasn't too phased by it because he did, he was still able to get like his you know Jerry can you know his his canister of uh, I think it was obviously get gasoline and he poured it all over the fiend. And this guy, the fiend, like, like he he was just he was not even phased whatsoever by the fire that previously melted him. You know that made his face the way it is now. You know what I mean, like. I was I would assume that he has like uh, a trauma or a PTSD towards that gasoline, but that just made the fiend look even more scary and dominant than he ever did before. Because even though that gasoline and that match is the literal reason as to why he looks like that and why he was gone for a couple of uh, weeks or months, and he's still not phased by it. He he let Randy Orton you know pour the gasoline on him. Um, but um, right before Randy Orton was able to light the match and you know set him on fire, uh, he moved up. But Randy Orton, oh, this guy Randy Orton, he just hit him with that hard KO. That was disgusting. Like that would, it, it literally came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. I like as soon as I saw the uh, the Fiend move, I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna hit with his sister Abigail or he's gonna do something to him. But no, Randy Orton like with that quick reflex, the quickness and everything, he went up with that RKO and just macked him on the ground. Uh, but you know, uh, it didn't end there. I was expecting for it to end there, you know, with Randy Orton uh, setting him on fire while he's laying down, and then it just ends with, uh, like, you know, the camera pans, um, you know, with Randy Orton over on top of Bray Wyatt, and then boom, that's the end of the show. But no, Alexa Bliss was, uh, you know, doing her, saying her piece and whatever, and uh, Bray, Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's up. He hits, um, he's he's over here, what was it called? Like, he's, he has he has his hand on his mouth, and uh, I forgot what it's called, the... Uh, the, the the man in a claw or some something like that and yeah you can just see like randy Orton like he's just starting to lose his air and everything and then boom hits him with his sister abigail and uh again alexa bliss and randy Orton are both uh, i mean sorry alexa bliss and the fiend are both on top of him again and just showing their dominance and honestly speaking as as one of the people that have been watching wwe since their uh like i guess I, I wouldn't say better days but since like they're more long storyline days um and i'm over here speaking like i've been watching wwe since like the the rated r era no i i was um like i first started watching wwe in 2002 and that and i was literally like a year and a half years old at that time and that's simply because like my uncle was like just a huge uh wwe fan and um like as a baby uh i went to i went overseas because that's where they are and um, I was sitting around, sitting there watching it with him, and I think that was when, uh, uh, like, I, I saw John Cena um, show up, and I'm like, and like, I just, I just like John Cena's entire style, so John Cena ended up being my favorite, and that's why he's my favorite now. But anyways, uh, from going from that, like, long storylines have been a thing since, uh, or at least from from what I know, uh, they've been a thing for a long time. Now those long storylines don't really happen more so often because um as honest as can be the attention span of like the newer wwe viewers aren't as you know great or as long as you know previous wwe fans were so myself i was really happy to see another like long storyline with actual you know meaning towards it and like you know that story to it that is like something long you know what i mean so it was i was, I was really happy to see uh that the storyline is going on because i thought that at fast lane it was going to just end or like literally today on raw when randy Orton said it's going to end i thought i literally thought it was going to end but thankfully it didn't so we're actually going to see the fiend versus randy Orton at wrestlemania because it was confirmed it's going to go down and i'm really excited to see 
how that goes down. And um, man, I'm telling you, I'm really excited to see WrestleMania uh, go down, especially it's a two-nighter, you know, Saturday and Sunday at the 10th and the 11th. And um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do some kind of like live reaction stream or something like that on the day of or on the days of. And um, yeah, I don't know, man, like guys, like I'm, I'm just so excited for this, like the buildup the build-ups to um wrestlemania on both raw and smackdown and even nxt they're just they just have so much meaning towards it and so much power to it you know it's like they're getting to that final big stage um throughout the whole year that's what everything leads up to and now they'll be able to let everything out and stuff like that you know what i mean so that's what wrestlemania season really does to you and um especially since it's like the final weeks towards that so Anyways, I'm so excited to see that, and again, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and um, I'm finally recording a video now. Uh, my bad if, like, it's a little bit, you know, uh, bad edited, because uh, a guy like me does have work tomorrow at, like, freaking 9 a.m., but I'm definitely going to take the time to edit this properly before I go to bed, and um, again, like, the camera angle might be a little weird, because I just rushed into recording this, and uh, yeah, so please like and subscribe for the YouTube uh, you can follow my TikTok. It's the same thing as the three second tap. Same thing as Twitter, Instagram. I also made a Facebook page, but um, you know I know most people don't really interact with Facebook that much. And I did make a Discord server, so I'll probably be putting that in the in the descriptions of you know the things I post. And um, hopefully we can like build that Discord community as well. But again, I really appreciate the support. If you guys are watching this and you went throughout the whole review. Um, and yeah, I, I hope to keep making more and on time actually. And yeah, so I, I appreciate you guys' support and I will certainly see you guys next time. I uh, hope you guys stay safe out there with this whole, you know, pandemic situation. And uh, yeah, you guys take care. Peace.